Hey, what up? It's Podcast Rebellion. We are back at it again here in the Davis Ford State Farm Studio. I'm your host, Zach Barry. Yes, we have returned. The Legal Gambling Council is back in business. Week zero. We're going to talk, uh, I guess, what? Five games on Saturday, the 28th. We will talk about those in the second segment. First segment, we're going to talk some win totals for the year. And then uh, probably some other topics. But before we do that, like I always do, I want to remind you of the sponsors that make this show possible. I told you we are in the Davis McCord State Farm Studio. He is your one-stop shop in Tennessee and Mississippi for the service you deserve at the price you want. So stop looking around. Give Davis a call, 901-755-6110 for your surprisingly great rates today. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Podcast also brought to you by Greg and the folks at LB's Meat Market, the inaugural sponsor of this year's show. Celebrate with the best protein for your Ole Miss grilling needs this season. And uh, you, the loyal listener, you are here. You will now get a Podcast Rebellion perk. Go in there, tell them you listen to the show, tell them you read Red Cup Rebellion, tell them you listen to Podcast Rebellion, Legal Gambling Council, any of that, and you'll receive a 16-ounce prime strip for $15 and a pack of sausage for $5. Amazing deal, 20 bucks. That is a perfect dinner for one person, for two people, three people. You can feed a whole lot with that deal. $15, 16-ounce prime strip, and a $5 pack of sausage. All you got to do is tell them you listen to the show. Um, and then, as always, anytime you're, any other time you're in there, make sure to tell them Red Cup sent you for other exclusive deals and promotions. Lastly, new sponsor added to the show, Sola on South Lamar. So football season is back. It'll be here before you know it. And if you need a place for clever dishes and captivating cocktails, look no further than Sola on South Lamar. Chef Erica Lipe and her committed team of food and beverage enthusiasts are bringing top-notch cuisine and libations to you six days a week. So whether it's happy hour, three to six, fresh squeezed margaritas, ramen, or a two-for-one Moscow mule, they're bringing the best and brightest to you in-house or via curbside pickup. They are still doing that. So check them out, solaoxford.com, or call them at 662-238-238. 3500 and place your order today gentlemen welcome we're back what's up oh man what a long off season it just gets longer every year oh mountain dew rise is going down real well i'm, <laughs> I'm um, enjoying a sonic slush flavored ocean water flavored pops in mm. what exactly is that i see people with ocean water like what was it salty how does that work i think it's um it's gonna have some like coconut in it uh sprite like water hose water <laughs> mm. <laughs> this was sitting out all day yeah you know just that's only that for, that's only the real ones know but, i just uh, i was confused when i see that now because i'm like why is ocean water good how's i mean it's pretty good it's not bad i okay. mean right. it's not my go-to it's just what we had in our freezer all right like, um i feel like you're either like a cherry limeade person or like you're not you know what i mean and yeah um, i'm not 
So I just went for the other flavor. Cherry limeade's like half of it is enough. Unless well, you just love sugar. Yeah, that's right. I mean, everything is, yeah, that's right. Not to disparage Sonic, but. <clears throat> no, yeah, no. It's, if it's you fine. can finish a slush, a slushy at Sonic, hey, you're a real you, one. You want some most shit when you finish that. <laughs> um, all right, so looking at last season, Nick, correct me if I'm wrong here. I think this is updated. I had no idea. I thought that I finished second. I ended up winning. Um, no sarcasm there. I thought Austin won. I clipped him by. Or wait, do we tie technically? I think you guys tied. Technically, so I had more wins, but he had a draw and I had 21. So I was 26 and 21. He was 25, 20 and 1. Nick was 19 and 19. And Ben was 19 and 22. I mean, obviously it was a weird year. Um, we didn't have a ton of games to pick, so we were having to kind of <clears throat> get creative with it. But um, yeah, it wasn't our best. But uh, look, we're, we're we're itching to go in week zero um, and kind of right the ship here to make everybody some money. So first, before we get into week zero's slate, I know that uh, Austin was itching to get after some win totals. Um, and look, no better time to do it than now. So uh, Nick, go ahead and start firing some away at us. Well, I was going to see if we, if we had any locks, first of all. I mean, I, I'll go ahead and start us off and say – that I see Ohio State at minus one twenty five for eleven wins, and I'm I mean I'm just going through that total. I get you know if they lose one game you push, but they have to lose two games to lose this bet, and I don't see them them losing two games. I mean, they're better than every team on their schedule, head and shoulders. Sands, Oregon, Indiana, and Penn State, and all they have to do is not go you know, one and two in those games for me to not lose that bet. I think Ohio State's going 12-0. and 0. I, I just think they're too good. Oh, they're, they're, does does this uh, win total? I was going to say, they're not losing. Is this regular season only? Yeah, regular season only. And I don't know how books are treating – this is going to be kind of a, a sticky situation. I don't know how they're treating forfeits. Some, some books are treating forfeits by not giving you a win. Some are counting on – you know, if you know, or if they are forfeit, it's a loss. So I, you'll have to kind of you know go with the book. But if you're going just straight traditional eleven wins, I think it's going over. I just don't see this one losing. I've heard the best way to avoid forfeits is to just get the fucking vaccine, and you don't have to worry about it. Which I think Ohio State didn't they say today they were at one hundred percent? No, I'll say I'll tell you this. It, you'll you'll notice throughout the year the teams that care they'll be if they're not at 100 percent they're at 99 percent. You'll look around and you'll see teams like Auburn and Brian Harson screwing around, and you'll see teams like Alabama and Nick Saban not screwing around, and you'll wonder who who's going to win that football game, and it's going to be Alabama. Yeah, well, Brian Harson said he wasn't anti-vaccine, but he still hasn't gotten the vaccine. So, yeah, who can say? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I like the pick, right. Nick. I think look, there's a little uncertainty at quarterback there for them. But, you know, in past years, the Big Ten, you know, would have maybe some, some teams that could contend potentially or at least compete with Ohio State. This year, I think top to bottom, that's a really weak conference. There's a there's mm-hmm. a lot in the middle, and there's, a, you know, a pretty heavy bottom tier. But it's Ohio State and then 
nobody. I mean, th- there's not a close second. So I don't know who contends with them. I, I don't see two losses. I'm with you. Even if Oregon somehow pulls off the upset um, at Ohio State, I don't know who else is even going to be within like double digits. I mean, what, what? Penn State? And, and the thing too about like the, the quarterback situation you mentioned is questions, but I don't think it's questions about quality. I think it's more like questions about who's going to be the guy. Oh, sure. Yeah. Whereas like someone like Alabama, if their starter goes down, there's no one there. That's right. And I think Ohio State goes three, maybe four deep at quarterback. And and of course, not you're, you're not going to play four guys. But the point being, I don't think they're going to worry about quality there. I mean, they're just going to have to worry about maybe consistency and finding the guy. But yeah, I, I think the, the middle tier, and I kind of think this is the same way in the SEC once you get past Alabama and Georgia, the middle class is, is A&M and who in the SEC? I right. mean, Florida? No, not this year. Ole Miss? I mean, I, I, yeah, exactly. For some reason, I don't see it. Somebody can speak up and and step on me here if I'm speaking out of turn. There's For some reason, there's hype around Penn State, and I, I don't get it. Um, maybe they'll be better. I, I don't know. They weren't very good last year. I, I just – I don't think that they're even in the same zip code as Ohio State. So I love the picnic. I, I honestly don't see Ohio State losing. Um, now you said the it's eleven, so they have to lose one one stupid game. But I mean, I don't think Oregon can beat them. Um, and yeah, I, I think that Ryan Day is a good enough coach. He's a good enough quarterback coach. He's a good enough developer at that position and a good enough recruiter that they'll figure it out. And then this year you had the benefit of non-conference games to where they'll be able to, you know, iron out some wrinkles. And um, they've basically announced C.J. Stroud as the starter. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that's pretty safe because I just think that they're going to run the table because, like everyone had just said, that – Conference is incredibly weak. Austin, you go. All right. It's always fun when your rooting interest aligns with your betting interest. So, Nick, uh, what are you showing for Arkansas's win total? <laughs> oh, I've got to get off mute. I'm sorry. It's uh, preseason oh, yeah, for me, mid-season, too. Yeah, warm. Six, but it's heavily juiced to the under one thirty-five. Oh, we're laying all the juice and going under heavy here. Um, I don't understand the love for Arkansas this year. It's as though we saw what happened last year and it just completely ignored the results in favor of the narrative around mm-hmm. like Pittman and he's a good guy and a funny quote. But they went three and seven last year, and in order to go three and seven. They needed Ole Miss and State to commit 10 turnovers combined or 11 turnovers Oof. combined. Um, they were not a good football team, and they had a transfer quarterback. Uh, this year, they're going to rely on K.J. Jefferson. I'm not going to trash a kid from Mississippi, but I will just note here that usually SEC caliber quarterbacks from the state of Mississippi are heavily recruited by State and Ole Miss. That was not the case for K.J. Jefferson. Um, he went to Arkansas because – that's that's the only place that he could play quarterback. So um, I don't have much confidence in him. I don't have much confidence in the weapons around him or his offensive line or his defense. He lost his arguably second best receiver to the transfer portal who went to Oklahoma. Um, they return um, 
a really good receiver, but I just don't trust Jefferson to get him the ball. Their running back room doesn't scare me. When you look at their schedule, they may have the toughest schedule in the country. I, I don't oh, see it's how, brutal. how can you find seven wins, and I'll just roll through them quickly. They open with Rice. That should be a win, which is, um, you know, Rice has improved, but – Arkansas should win that pretty easily. Then they have Texas at home. Now, I know Texas isn't the Texas of 20 years ago, but I expect Texas to be a double-digit winner in that game. Maybe not a double-digit favorite, but I I think they win by by double digits. Then they go Georgia Southern, who runs a triple option. That's tough to prepare for. Followed by, listen to this stretch, at Texas A&M. I guess that's neutral. So A&M on a neutral. At Georgia. At Ole Miss. Then Auburn. Those are all losses, right? So that's four losses. You have UAPB. That's probably a win. They get a bye week. Then they have State, LSU, Bama, and Mizzou. You could see them finishing 0-4 on that stretch. Where are seven wins on the schedule? Mm-hmm. It's a weird it's a weird thing that we've done here with Arkansas because I feel like they get all of the credit – and just all the hype and people just really gas them up about what they did to Ole Miss and Lane Kiffin and Matt Corral on that offense last year. And, and for good reason, they dropped eight and they just did it the whole game because Matt Corral just kept throwing on the football, but they have this, there's this weird thing that national media does where they give Arkansas all the credit for shutting down Matt Corral. But then on the other side, they still don't give Matt Corral a ton of credit. Um, I was, I don't know about y'all. I was completely shocked that he was voted the number one, the uh, first team all SEC quarterback. I thought for sure that there was going to be some bullshit that JT Daniels would be number one and they'd put Corral at second team. Um, so it's this weird. Bryce Young as a freshman or whatever. Yeah. yeah, he's thrown 22 passes and he's now the best quarterback in the conference. But yeah, so it's a weird thing where it's, they get all the credit for stopping Matt Corral, but then there's some jackasses that still say, well, we're not really sure about his arm strength when looking at him as a draft prospect. Like, give me a fucking break. But look, I think, I well, think you talk- go ahead, Ben. Sorry. If you, if you take one game from a team season, then let's just take tw- Georgia from 2016 Ole Miss. Yeah, right. And it's like the most dominant SEC win we've had in my lifetime, including the 2008 Egg Bowl. And, I mean, Ole Miss was up, what, 45 to nothing with eight minutes to go in the third quarter? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. yeah, but yeah, in 2016, have- we also lost that Egg Bowl 55 to 20 in the same season. So, you know, to, to cherry pick the Ole Miss game from Arkansas does everything in injustice. And, Austin, I'll let y'all go after this. I looked at Arkansas' schedule. This was going to be one of my choices. They – Best case scenario, they're winning five games, mm-hmm. and that's giving them Missouri and Mississippi State at home, which really aren't guarantees. Like I want to say, the best they go is three and one in the non-conference, and they've got two winnable SEC games. That's it. Mm-hmm. So their best case is is, uh, but uh, I guess lower than six, less than six. Yeah. Yeah. Um, completely agree. I, I, have, I have a follow up to the, to that for you guys. I mean. Th- they only have two winnable SEC games. You, y'all don't think they can beat Ole Miss? I, I'm being I'm being honest when I say that. I mean, I saw what they did last year. I get it was a, a, a very anomalous game for Corral, but I mean, no, they did beat it. us. I, no, I, I don't. What, did you pick on the road? No. Yeah. From what from what I've heard from folks about Matt Corral in the off season and how I feel very confidently. 
with how Lane Kiffin's going to treat that game. I, I mean, Lane Kiffin and Matt Corral are going to be on the same wavelength that game. It's going to be a game where it's like, look, last year was fucking bullshit, and everybody knows it, but now we're going to show you, and we're going to rub Barry Odom's nose in it. Mm-hmm. I just... I, I, it's going to be a, what is it, Mike Leach or whoever the, Steve Robertson, whatever the fuck he said, where he's like, do you think they're going to stop at 70? If they can hang 70 on Arkansas, they're going to fucking do it. Because- it's a bad matchup for Arkansas this year. Like, they, the, everything that Ole Miss does well, I just, I don't see Arkansas having the firepower to stay with Ole Miss this year. I don't. No, I don't either. Well, well last year, you know, Corral was so stubborn, and I think Levy and Kiffin were too. Absolutely. This year, if if Arkansas drops eight, you're just going to run Ely, you're going to run Connor, you're going to run Parrish, you're going to run Bullock, you're going to run Willard until they get out of it. Because the offensive line is as talented as anybody in the conference. I'll I'll put that on up against anybody: Kentucky, Bama, Georgia, whoever the fuck you want to say. I think this offensive line is a unit, plays really well together. Orlando Mana is a little banged up right now. If he starts at center, that just I think that makes them even better because it gets Ben Brown to a place where he's comfortable. And the running back room is as good as anybody in the conference, as good as anybody in the, in the country. So you saw it in the Outback Bowl, Corral's maturity and the play calling. They're not going to force things, and they're just going to take what the defense gives them. So if, if people want to drop eight this year, there's Ole Miss is, you know, I'm saying they will. I think they will. They're going to run people out of it. And yeah, like Ben said, it's a bad matchup for Arkansas. So I, I'm with you on this one, Austin. I, I, I love this pick. All right, Ben, Zach, y'all got one. I got one. If if you don't, go ahead, Zach. All right, North Carolina. Mm. The number is ten. I'm going under. Really? I uh. Yeah, I just – I don't know, man. I, I watched a ton of their games last year, and they were a good football team, and I thought they got – I honestly thought they were going to play better in the bowl game. Um, was it the Orange Bowl against uh, Texas A&M? They just got manhandled in that game. They got beat up. I, I think that – I can find – I think I can find three losses on the schedule. Um, I think they lose to Notre Dame. I think they can probably lose to Pitt. Mm-hmm. And they can probably lose to NC State. And then, okay, let's say they win one of the ones I just mentioned. I could see Miami slipping up on them. I just – I don't know. I – I think Sam Howell is good, but I don't know if he's going to be able to do as well as he did a year ago. I don't know if he's going to be able to replicate that. Um, Now, they obviously have the benefit of not having to play Clemson in the regular season, so that helps it. So this is kind of a dicey pick here because they could very well go 10-2. and Um, But I don't know. I I just feel like they're going to lose a game that that they're not supposed to lose. Um, I mean, the schedule's not – Super tough, but I don't think it's very easy either. You got at Virginia Tech, We've Virginia tried. at home, at Georgia Tech, Duke, Florida State, Miami at home, Wake at home, Wofford at home, and then you go on the road to Notre Dame and on the road to NC State. NC State's to end the year. Um, I mean, the non con is a joke with Wofford and Georgia State. Um, 
and I guess Notre Dame. But um, yeah, I mean, could be something that people may not tell me on this just because they could very well go 10 and 2, but I'm going to go under. I think that they just go 9 and 3, which would still be a good year, but I don't know. Something something's off about that. Yeah, I right. just think as a general rule, Zach, we with programs like North Carolina that aren't necessarily like Blue Bloods or name brand programs, if their season win total, if you can go under on that and they would still have like a historically good season for them, it's probably a safe bet to go under. Because nine and three for North Carolina, <laughs> who would be disappointed at North Carolina with a nine and three season? They're getting uh, raised. Yeah, I mean, yeah, and exactly. I mean, they, um, I, I, <laughs> I feel like we talked about him a couple weeks ago. Completely drawing a blank on the running backs today and they went pro. Um, Williams or Carter? Michael Williams. Mm-hmm. Uh, both of them. Both of Michael them, yeah. Williams he lost both backs. Carter. Yeah, he lost the receiver. <clears throat> so they're going to count on the Tennessee transfer, Ole Miss legacy, Ty Chandler, to be a, you know, a steady option at running back. Maybe he will be. I mean, the ACC is not exactly, you know, a murderer's row. But, um, but yeah, I mean, I kind of look for kind of a, you know, second-year slump out of uh, Sam Howell. It's not his second year, but you know what I mean. Like, he's not going to have two consecutive years where he just lights it up. ton of draft pressure on him. People are hyping him up next to uh, Spencer Rattler as the best guy in college football. I don't know. I mean, I think he takes a minor step back. Um, and... You know, last year, their defense, they allowed almost 30 points per game. So, um, Virginia Tech's an opener is tough. And then I think they lose on the road at Notre Dame. I think Notre Dame's going to be pretty good this year. Um, And then that Miami game, they whipped Miami last year. You know that Manny Diaz and that crew is going to be really itching to uh, get some revenge there with Derek King back from the injury. So, um, yeah, long-winded, but I- I'm going under on, on 10 for North Carolina. All right, I'm on um, – I might get some pushback here, but that's fine. I'm, I'm going to stick a little bit Ole Miss-centric here. I am going to take under seven for Louisville. Mm. Nice. Um, uh, I don't see – I, frankly, I don't see six wins on the schedule, which means Louisville. You know, you heard it here first. They're going nine and three. Um, they do get they do get Eastern Kentucky and Wake Forest, but I mean, frankly, they don't really have a bad opponent on the schedule, given that it's an ACC run. You know, they're going to lose to Central Florida. They have to play at Florida State, who's not very good, but I mean, they still have to play in Tallahassee and Florida State. You know, going back to what Austin just said, kind of. I mean, it's just a blue blood program. And uh, while Louisville is a great program, he's had a high winner in the last five years, they're not going to be very good. And this is what Satterfield's uh, second year, um, you know, got a former Corinth warrior as the, and Ole Miss Rebel as the uh, defensive coordinator. But I'm just not seeing it for Louisville. I don't think that they get to, you know, they might get to six, uh, but I'm not finding seven on the, on the schedule. So, um, I'm gonna. Um, I, I'm probably actually going to play that one in in real life. RL in real life. IRL. Yeah, I know for a fact they got one loss on the schedule. So I'm with that, you. That's off to a good start for you. I'm with you here because so they're going to lose were, to Ole Miss, UCF, Clemson. Like that's three guaranteed losses there. 
So you find two more and you push. They have to right. play at Florida State. They they're going to lose to Kentucky. NC State, Boston College. Yeah, this is um, number seven. I mean, I think so. They got a new offensive coordinator. Um, and Malik Cunningham a couple years ago, pretty good. Um, last year, not so good. He had 12 interceptions. Um, I mean, ball security was an issue. He had three lost fumbles. Um, he doesn't really do a lot for me downfield. He just kind of dinks and dink and dunks. Um, so I don't really know. I mean, how much better is he going to be? with a brand new system, a brand new coordinator. Maybe this guy is just going to rejuvenate his career. But, I mean, they were uh, 119th nationally in turnover margin last year. That's not going to get it done against teams that are better than you. you got to protect the football if you're going to have some upsets or you're going to beat people you're not supposed to beat. Maybe they can rectify that a year later. But, yeah, I, I think this is a good pick, Ben. I, I really like this one. Yeah, I agree. And, Ben, you will recall last year – uh, I think you had them against Miami, maybe, and uh, Miami's oh. receivers were <laughs> running wide open for like you know huge parts of that game. So I, I, I think I watched that. At, it was the first game I watched on Nick's projector, and is the last is the only time before that I'd seen players run by themselves on a screen that big since Johnny Football <laughs> was playing Mississippi State back in 2012. Yeah. Like he's like running amazing. on the screen by himself. It's like where's everybody else? That's what exactly. that Miami game looked like. Exactly. Uh, so they I, had three different plays like that. Yeah. Oh. I didn't watch them much, but when I saw them, their defense looked like that against a lot of teams. So, yeah, I like the pick. Mm. I will tell you the uh, Louisville website that I read like when I, earlier when I, you know, just reading about our opponents, and I think it might be the SB Nation site, um, Card Chronicle. They actually picked Louisville to go um, eight and four. And uh, with losses against Ole Miss, UCF, and uh, um, Clemson. Yeah. And then I mm. can't remember what the other loss is. Maybe like Florida State, Wake Forest, or Virginia. So winning pretty much all the toss-up games at that point. Winning right. every single toss-up game gets them to over seven. and seven. Yeah. Wins. Then I you got to feel I, good about at least a push. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So you said – sort of Ole Miss related and you went Louisville and I thought you were going to say sort of Ole Miss related because it's an SEC team I'm going and this honestly may be my favorite pick of the entire evening over seven the juice is a little bit tilted towards over not to brag (laughs) it's the best one here it's it should have been the number one pick over seven y'all's picks fucking suck all right everybody listen to what (laughs) I No, no no you guys picks are 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 a quality picks this is just the best pick Missouri at minus 125 over seven. I just want you guys to tell me where more, I guess where what six losses are coming from in this schedule. Okay. We've got central Michigan, SEMO, Boston college and North Texas. Okay. As the non-conference games. I mean, we're talking four and but let's, I mean, if let's they say they lost they to get Vandy, that's fine. Okay. They play in the East, so they get at Vanderbilt. So the weak, weakest team on the whole schedule probably is the, is one of their their four SEC road games. Okay, they get Tennessee at home. 
Now they do they do go to Kentucky, but that's the only tough game in their first six, really. So I mean, if if they if they win that, we're looking at probably that's Central Missouri, Central Michigan, uh, Kentucky, SEMO, BC, Tennessee, and UNT. We're looking at probably five and one at that point, maybe six and zero oh, outside chance. And then they finish with the home game to South Carolina. And then they get Arkansas on the road, which is, you know, that that rivalry game on that Friday afternoon CBS game. I, I mean, th- this team would have to lose six games to lose this bet. And I don't I don't see there's any way there's they play Texas A&M, Georgia and Florida. And then they've got to lose three more games of the ones I listed for, for this bet to lose. I don't see any way this bet loses. No. I, I mean, yeah. worst case scenario, I see a push. The this schedule is, is just you're, too you're bad. Right. This is the best pick of the night. It's the best pick. It's the best pick. This is 1-1. One, one. It's – last year was so bizarre for Missouri because I honestly thought Connor Bazelak looked as good as anybody at times. Um, I mean, he completed – 67% of his passes threw for over 2,300 yards. Um, I mean, his first start, he threw for 404 touchdowns against LSU, which everybody kind of figured out after that, that LSU was, you know, a fake tough guy. But um, the the bizarre thing was last year, in their five losses, they lost by an average of 24 points. Um, now, three of those were to top 10 teams, but they lost by 23 to Tennessee, and they lost by 19 to Mississippi State. So, I, and now I'm not trying to walk your pick back here, Nick, because I do, I do really like this pick because I think that we're going to see a big jump in the second year in the offense with Basilak and you know all the jokes about Eli Drinkwitz and how big of a nerd he is and how he's super weird about trying to be friends with Lane Kiffin and trying to do social media like Lane Kiffin. I, I think he's a good coach and. I mean, I, I'm with you, Nick. I don't know how this pick doesn't hit because the the schedule is so yeah. nice. I mean, four non-conference games at Vanderbilt, that, that should be five wins. And at this point, I'm just needing two more for a push. And you've got Tennessee on there. You've got Kentucky. You've got – that's home games at Tennessee, home games at South Carolina. So I need them to go two and one for this bet to push and then not win any of their other – I just – it's too much. And yeah, they, they did lose some some head scratchers last year, but that offense is pretty good. And I feel like Missouri routinely has some guys on defense. I don't know if it's the type of player they recruit, those Midwestern guys that are just maybe further ahead on defense. I don't know if it's the weather up there late in the year. But the defense is, is typically pretty there. And if Basilak takes the next step, you know, to a third third all all SEC third team type guy, I man, I just think this is a, an easy at least you know at minimum, it's not a loss. I'll say this, doing the Drinkwitz-Kiffin comparisons, kind of a little bit of a mirror image here or like an Ole Miss light, or maybe they're the Ole Miss of the the East because their defense was so bad last year. They allowed 49 points per game, over seven yards per play. So they're kind of in that same ballpark with Ole Miss where it's like if the defense can just get just a little better, they're going to be pretty dangerous. now we forgot to mention on offense they you know added the Ohio State transfer Mookie Cooper. Um, I think he and Tyler Beatty are going to be pretty dynamic on offense. Um, you know Larry Roundtree finally left Columbia. He was there for twelve years, 
Um, he's gone. But, I mean, Tyler Beatty was pretty damn good last year. Um, Elijah Young's a young back that I think is going to play a lot. But, you know, you add Mookie Cooper. Um, and then on defense, I mean, they added a, a pretty productive guy um, from Rice uh, who has a fantastic name, Blaze Aldridge. Um, 21 and a half tackles for loss in 2019. That, that was good for second in the country. Um, obviously going to lean on him on defense to give them some some type of push up front. But, I mean, you've got Ennis Rakestraw, Ishmael Berdine, Jalen Carleys, um, all in the secondary, uh, Jarvis Ware coming off an injury. Um, I think they're going to be – honestly, the more I look at this, the more it reminds me of Ole Miss where it's like, look – they weren't very good, but they're returning a bunch of depth and a bunch of guys that are familiar with the system. So, if, again, if they can just be remotely, you know, competent and just be a little bit better defensively, I mean, this is a semi-dangerous team that could probably go eight and four if uh, they stay healthy and things fall the way they should for them. Completely agree. I like it a lot. Like not only who they play, but where they play them. So games which might otherwise be toss-ups like Tennessee, they get Tennessee at home. Um, they get A&M at home. I'm not saying that's a toss-up, but they certainly have a better shot at A&M in Mizzou than they would uh, in College Station. They get South Carolina at home. They get Florida at home late in the year. Those Florida guys going up to Columbia on November 20th, it's going to be cold and rainy. Um I like it a lot, Nick. I think, like you said, at worst, it's a push here, but you may have it locked up by, you know, the first, uh, the first or last week of October, rather. All right. Ben, are you up next? Oh, yeah. Sorry. I thought we were going to break here. Um, hang on. All right. I, I joked about this with y'all, you know, just a minute ago before we came on. But so Kansas is over under win total is one. <laughs> <laughs> and I am a sucker for a sucker bet. And uh, the one I, I just cannot I cannot go under <laughs> on on one. And so I, I almost I, I almost took um, under 11 and a half for Clemson. And that's because they, while I think they're probably going to win 12 games, they do have to open up with Georgia. And Clemson is still not Alabama. And so, I'm meaning in the sense for me that picking over 11 and a half for them when they've got Georgia week one, I mean, your bet's ruined week one. That sucks. So, um, <coughs> It, you know, and by the happenstance that Georgia beats them. Um, but I'm going to go over one for Kansas. Look, Kansas opens up the season with South Dakota. This is not South Dakota State. Yeah. <laughs> not the fun team that you see on on TV that, you know, that's pretty good. Yes. Yeah, the Jackrabbits. This is the South Dakota. I can't even remember their. their Coyotes. Event. What? Coyotes. Yeah, Coyotes. And they have like a 500 record in FCS all time and have played in one FCS tournament ever playoff. They've made the playoff once ever. So Kansas, as bad as they are, they're going to beat South Dakota. And so at that point, we just need to find one more win. They get to play Duke this year, who's not going to be very good. 
it's on the road, but it's late in the year. Um, we just need to find one more. And they may not be able to, but I think I can get to a push in week one, and therefore I, I'm going to hedge and say that they're going <laughs> to find one more win and go two and two. <laughs> what a time. Mm. Yeah, God's peace. Yeah, I mean, I know nobody can – there is no comment on it because anybody named Kansas starting quarterback? Oh, God, no. Nope. nope. Me either. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Who's who's the coach? They got the dude from Either Buffalo, me. right? They got it's the dude from Lance Buffalo. Leopold, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah there we go. What Come a, on, what a blow up. He was at UW at uh, Whitewater. Yeah, but right? is it at Kansas? <laughs> yeah, and then he was at Buffalo. Wasn't he at Buffalo? Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, yeah. He was at Whitewater, then he went to Buffalo, won a, won a couple titles in D three, then went to Buffalo. Now he's coaching in the Big Twelve. Yeah, dude, but those won Buffalo a teams titles in D three. He won like eight. Yeah, he was they were good. That Buffalo team he had last year would beat Kansas by forty. Yeah, I I, I say all that. <laughs> UW Whitewater in Kansas would like probably not be the worst game. That's true. No, I'm gonna say Whitewater would beat them, but the, <laughs> the I you know he's a really good coach and he's in year one. I don't know that. I mean, you know, maybe maybe he can't inspire them enough to win two games, but I'm thinking in year one he's got it. Shout out, shout out, my boy uh, Kev Bot in uh, Wisconsin Whitewater, Tinley Park in the house. Um, yeah, ben, also, good luck. that's yeah. Brutal. Kansas went zero and nine last year. <laughs> All right, I got uh, I got one. Um, Toledo. The number is eight. I'm going. I'm going over. Yeah, yeah well, I could. have to. I'm going over. They're the top returning team in the MAC. Um, back in the day when we were doing coaching searches and we were trying to uh, basically distract ourselves from Matt Luke being the head coach, um, Jason Candle was a was a hot name. He's super young, um, very innovative coach on the offense. But, uh, man, their defense is uh, nothing to scoff at uh, in 2021. Um, now, look. In 2020, they were 26 in SP plus. Um, oh no, that was um, in Candle's first season. They were 26. They slipped to 45th, 66, and then 114th. Um, they had five close wins in 2019. Um, so there was a you know you can kind of see the slip happening with how they started out so hot and then they kind of fell off. But um, I just. I don't know. I looked at their schedule and I just don't really see how they can lose more than, I mean, obviously the likely loss is, is Notre Dame. They're going to lose Notre Dame. Um, but I mean, Norfolk state, that's a win. UMass is God awful. Akron sucks. Bowling Green is not very good this season. NIU is not great. Eastern Michigan. Colorado State's a weird one. I still think they can win that game. They may, be favored. Too. They may be favored against Colorado State. 
It could be. Mm. And it's at home, too. Um, so they don't have to travel. Um, and then, look, the toss-ups, according to Bill C., are Western Michigan, Ohio, Central Michigan, and Ball State. I, dude, just give me those. Like, I don't even have to get all of them. But, I mean, I think that this team could very easily stumble into a 9-3 type season because the Mac is kind of down. Give me the over here. Yeah, I like it. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's keep the train moving. All right. I got my last one. I'll go this one quick. Uh, I'm seeing Utah State at three, and I'm seeing ESPN's <laughs> FBI putting them at five and a half. I mean, that Boom. is a, Done. That's a massive gap. They get one game against UND, and it's not quite the drop-off between, North, between South Dakota State and South Dakota, but – that UND team, I mean, this is still a, 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 a team in the Mountain West with a new coach. They're, they're going to be better than UND. I mean, they, they play BYU and Washington State out of conference, but they do get New Mexico State, who is god-awful. They get New Mexico, who is pretty bad as well. And I've just got to win two more games after those two. Uh, so, yeah, give me – they got Wild, they got Colorado State, they got UNLV on the schedule. Yeah, give me over three for Utah State. They got a new coach. Um, the better Anderson, I suppose, is, is now back in Utah State. And like I said, that difference between FPI and Vegas' numbers, no, I, I know the three is pretty heavily juiced, but the difference just stuck out to me. It's, it's too much. If, if ESPN thinks they're going to be in six or, six or more games, they're going to win more than three games. Nice. I like it. Not only did the coach come over from Arkansas State, he took his uh, quarterback with him, who's a pretty solid quarterback. So I like Didn't a lot. Didn't they take about six guys? And yeah, I think he took a receiver too. So um, their offense should be much improved. I don't know what yeah. they have on defense, but I think they will have enough to get over, what, three? Is that the number? Yeah, three. That's just a that's a bully number. That's rough. All right, Austin, what you got? All right, let's go to Indiana. Uh, I think we rode the Hoosier, the Hoosiers a couple times, excuse me, last year uh, in a few games. I like Tom Allen. I thought they had a good roster, um, but I think the number's too high this year. They're at eight, I believe, Nick. I want to go under eight. Um, looking at Do their yeah. schedule, look, I, I don't expect them to regress very much. I just expect the rest of the Big Ten to sort of catch back up. I mean – the Penn State win last year was really fluky. We talked about that um, on the gambling pod. Uh, Penn State should have won that game. Uh, I think Penn State's going to have that in mind when Indiana visits uh, Beer Stadium this year. They open at Iowa. That's, you know, I think they're a three and a half point dog to open the season. Out of conference, they have to go. I'm sorry, Cincinnati comes to Indiana, but Cincinnati's no joke. I mean, they're opening the season as a top 10 team. Cincinnati's probably going to be a favorite in that game. At, at worst, it'll probably be a pick 'em. They have to go to Western Kentucky. Western Kentucky is really interesting for gambling purposes this year. They basically imported the entire Houston Baptist offense, including Houston Baptist offensive coordinator from last year. Um, you may recall Houston Baptist put up like 60 on Texas Tech last year in a shootout. Yeah. So, again, I'm not saying Indiana loses at Western Kentucky. I'm just saying that game is a lot more interesting than it would have been last year. Um, Ohio State comes to Bloomington. That's an obvious loss. Um, they have road games at Maryland and Michigan. Um, sort of a tricky game with Minnesota at the end of the year. It's just a big number for a program that doesn't uh, historically fly in this 
in the stratosphere. I think Allen's got a good program. I think he's got some good players. But again, it's one of those deals where wouldn't everybody be happy with seven and five in Bloomington, including Tom Allen and staff? Uh, I don't see eight. Uh, I definitely don't see nine. So let me go under eight. Boom. All right, Zamago. Fire yeah. away. All right. Back to the uh, Ole Miss-centric um, kind of. Uh, I'm I'm going under six for Tennessee. Nice. Hell yeah, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Look. Um, was anybody hit harder in the transfer portal than Tennessee? No. No. Maybe and, Mississippi State. Um, they do, you know, even if, even if Tennessee wins all four conference games, which I think they're going to lose to Pitt and go 3-1, but even if they go 4-0 in the non-conference, they have to beat Vandy and South Carolina to push, and they don't have another win on the schedule. Florida, Missouri, Kentucky, Alabama are all on the road. They're going to lose all four of those, and they get Georgia and Ole Miss at home. They're going to lose both of those. So the best they can do is push. It's going to be – I mean, it's going to be sharp to on the five-and-a-half line. But I think they go 3-1 in the non-conference, and that knocks them below six. And five and seven is Tennessee's uh, win total. Hell, yeah. Love it. It's 89 outside, but it feels like 98, baby. (laughs) (laughs) Feels like under six. It feels like 98 on T. Martin Drive every year. Fucking right. All right. uh, My last one. I'll make this one quick. We're going out to Powder River. Going out to Longmire. Hell yeah. Wyoming. The number is eight, and I am hammering the over here. Oh, yeah. I absolutely love this right here. Um, Northern Illinois, Montana State, Ball State, fucking UConn is on the schedule. Air Force, Boise State could get tricky, but that's about it. San Jose State, Utah State, Colorado State, Fresno State, Hawaii, New Mexico. That right there to me looks at worst nine and three. Done. Shout out to my boy Brian and, uh, you know, the fellas up there in, uh, in Laramie. I think that this could be a huge year for the Cowboys. Yeah, I had this one on my list. I love that pick. I think they could win the uh, the Mountain West. Yeah, I mean, look, I, if everything breaks right, I mean, 10 and 2 is on the table without a question. Mm. Completely agree. So, there you go. Suck it. Shout out Josh Allen. All right, awesome. we got them all. Or is awesome, do you have one more? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me get uh, Northwestern under six. Um, <laughs> so, so I'm going all unders here. Yeah, this is usually – I wouldn't be itching to, to take an under with Northwestern. They usually find a way to scratch and claw and get to six somehow. But they just lost their starting running back. They don't return basically anybody from last year's team, especially on the defensive side of the ball, including their defensive coordinator I think they lost. And um, I think last week they announced that uh, Hunter Johnson is – going to be their starter um 
he's been terrible for his career so far. So uh, I think with the attrition, um, loss of critical staff and their schedule, I, I don't see six. I see more like a four and eight here. I really like Fitzgerald. I think he's a good coach. I just don't think he has the horses this year. Um, I don't think they can bog down enough teams to go over seven. I think in worst case, I'm looking at a push. Um, so let me go under six. All right. There you, you have want, it. You want me to do one sprinkle? Sure. Like turn it up. Turn up. Under, let's see. Let me make sure I got this win right. All right. Uh, good pod. Under 10 for Coastal Carolina. <laughs> I like it. Oh, yeah. I think, yeah, that's a very good pick. I mean, two really, really, really good years in a row is tough for anyone at that level. Yeah, that's correct. That is correct. They go from Cinderella story to not. And I mean, on your back. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you want to talk about, I, I mentioned Sam Howell having a bit of a slump after a great year. I mean, is Grayson McCall going to be that good again? I mean, he was phenomenal in 2020, but I, I just don't see it. I'm, I love this one. All right. Bit of a lengthy first segment, but, uh, Tons of information there for y'all to uh, make some picks for some uh, win totals, make you some money. We're going to hear from the sponsors here real quick. When we come back, we are going to talk week zero, give some more picks. So hang tight. We'll be right back. It's Zach again, Podcast Rebellion, to remind you of our lovely sponsors here at the show. If you like New Orleans-inspired cuisine, go see Kelly English and the good folks in Memphis at Second Line or Restaurant Iris for some fantastic food and cocktails. You can also travel down to the coast to Magnolia House in Biloxi at Harris Gulf Coast. Blackjack, craps, slots, southern cooking, cocktails, what's not to like? All three fantastic establishments part of the Kelly English restaurant group. Good food, good people, good cocktails. It can't be beat. That's Second Line, Restaurant Hours in Memphis, and Magnolia House in Biloxi. Speaking of good food, if you're in Oxford, go see Greg and the good folks at LB's Meat Market, the inaugural sponsor of this year's podcast, on University Avenue, across from Kroger. Celebrate with the best protein for your almost grilling needs with Greg and the rest of the folks there. And be sure to tell them that Red Cup sent you for exclusive deals and promotions. Remember, the Philly combo is back for just $10 right now. And you've got your lunch specials 11 to 3.30, Monday through Friday. That's LB's Meat Market on University, across from Kroger. Arby's is full of shit. LB's has the meats. Speaking of Oxford, if you're looking to get some libations going, be sure to check out Wonderbird Spirits, North Mississippi's first distillery. It's a quick little eight-minute drive south of Oxford on Old Taylor Road, and it's the only spot in the Magnolia State for a true grain-to-glass gin experience. The space is fantastic. Chan and the rest of the guys there are doing some fantastic stuff. Uh, Go there, get a tour, do a tasting, or you could do both. Inquire about maybe renting it out for a private event, maybe an anniversary, a wedding reception, a rehearsal dinner, something the place is amazing. 
That's Wonderbird Spirits, North Mississippi's first distillery in Taylor, Mississippi. And be sure to follow them on Instagram for all their latest updates and uh, comings and goings there at Wonderbird. Speaking of libations, if you're in Memphis and you're looking to stock the cooler this year, Old Dominic on South Front Street is your place to go. Just like Wonderbird, you can go there for a tasting, for a tour, or both. And be sure to check out the rooftop bar, which is super awesome. has some great views of downtown Memphis, of the Mississippi River. Uh, you can try their Healing Station High Rye Bourbon, the Memphis Toddy, the Memphis Vodka, or the new Honey Bell Vodka. You can get it all there or at your local package store. So celebrate with that Healing Station bourbon, a very small batch High Rye Bourbon by the folks at Old Dominic. It's a bold classic whiskey with notes of stone fruit, dark cherry, and just the right amount of spice and heritage that dates back to 1866. You can enjoy it neat or even in your favorite cocktail like an old-fashioned. It's got a mash bill of 52% corn, 44% rye, and 4% malt. Healing Station stands alone in its category of high rye bourbons. So you could do that or you can enjoy a quick taste of Memphis Toddy before the game this weekend. And then you can wind down with that Healing Station afterwards. So, like we always say, ask your pa- ask, ask your package store where you can find Healing Station by Old Dominic. And, as always, OD encourages you to share SIP responsibly. And last but certainly not least, if you're in the market for a new vehicle, make it a Clark Ford vehicle. Corey Clark and the rest of the folks in Amory, Mississippi on Highway 25 are committed to finding you a new vehicle today. Be sure to browse their inventory online, request more information about the vehicles, set up a test drive, and inquire about financing all online. If you want to do it a little old school, maybe uh, conversate via telephone, you can give them a call at 662-257-1900 and get in a new Ford today. back here on podcast rebellion legal gambling council week zero all right gentlemen let's move on to week zero the slate five games starting at noon central time on fox gonna be locked in for this one not gonna lie the nebraska corn huskers travel to champagne memorial stadium for brett bielema in the illinois fighting illini who baby, I am absolutely fucking geeked for this game. Um, <laughs> I, what are we seeing the number here, Nick? Is it seven still? Uh, yeah, seven flat and 55 uh, on the over. Dude, absolutely. Give me the points in the fighting Illini here. I, Nebraska sucks. I don't understand the infatuation with Scott Frost. And how many years is he going to get? How many how many times are we going to say they'll figure it out? They've been so bad. For a guy that was so dynamic and so explosive and a hot name when he was at UCF, their offense has just been an absolute dumpster fire in Lincoln. They might win, you know, 30 to 27, but I think Illinois covers easily here. Yeah, and at home too. And I mean, Nebraska, uh, he's not figured it out. I mean, they've already talked about in the offseason, they've, they've pretty much got him dead to rights if they want to fire him at this point, yeah. which is 
the most bizarre thing ever to know that, you know, he's got to win some games this year or they're going to fire him with cause and he's not oh, going to get. Yeah. I was going to say the NCAA is breathing down their neck right now. Yeah. Well, and the, the, the worst thing of it is I, I'm pretty sure that the AD said that they've had this stuff since last year. They've been aware of it. I think that <laughs> they're kind of holding it over his head to see, Hey, win games or we're going to negotiate a significantly lower buyout. So I don't know how anyone can operate under that. I mean, that that is a awful work environment. I think it's going to lead to an awful season for Nebraska. I don't. I mean, I don't think they're going to figure it out. I don't think they have the the horses to figure it out this year. So, the Illinois hosting this game after we're supposed to be in. I think it was supposed to be in Ireland to start the year off. That's why they're playing week zero. I mean, seven points. Uh, you know, Illinois kind of coming along. I, I do think that Nebraska probably wins, but I think it's going to be closer than a touchdown. I'd probably I'd go under here too. I don't want to steal anybody's thunder, but I'd go under too. Go ahead, Austin. No, I, I agree with uh, with Zach and Nick here. I mean, it's take season, so let's let's have some takes. Is is Bielema a better coach than Frost? He is, right? Yes. Holy yeah. Yeah. The this track point. record this track record shows, I mean, he won three division titles. And went to three straight Rose Bowls. The yeah. fuck yeah. Scott Frost done? Yeah, he to do something in '95 when he was a player. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Much better coach. Yes. Yeah, and I he and he went too. And he won. Let me do some math here. It's hard. Uh, Twenty-two games in three years at, at Arkansas. Seven and six, eight and five, seven and six. I mean, at Arkansas, after all that shit that was going on there, I mean, that program was terrible. And he won two bowl games. Yeah. So. You know, top to bottom, Nebraska probably has recruited better. They've had some real attrition, though, over the years since Frost uh, has been there. So I still think their high-end talent is much better than Illinois' high-end talent. They have a higher ceiling, but I think Illinois has got a higher floor. I think some of those Illinois guys, you know, they're not blue-chip players, but they're really seasoned, as Nick said. They, they return a ton of super seniors, and they get a guy in Bielema who is content to lean on you and grind out a game. Uh, Nebraska's defense did not appear up for that at all last year. And let's keep in mind, Illinois beat the shit out of Nebraska last year at Nebraska. It yeah. wasn't close at all. So, yeah. you know, I'd, I'd like to have more points if I could get them. I, I tend to agree with Nick. I think Nebraska might eke one out here, close game. But if you're laying the touchdown, I'll take those points. Yeah, so uh, give me the seven with Illinois. Give me the seven too, but I would, I'm probably going to in real life take money line on Illinois here and, and get a little juice yeah. with it. I think Illinois wins this one outright. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, was, I think it goes under 55. I think Bielema beats him like 30 to 7. Yeah. And and it's a comfortable win. I'm serious. Like What, are, you, think, what are we looking at at a money line number then on seven, on plus 7? We're looking at like what? Dude. Plus 185, plus 200? Yeah, probably. Plus 220 per yeah, ESPN right now. That's oh, good. Man. That's a good number for, Dude, for I, 7. And 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 Frankly, I just don't think Nebraska. I agree with Austin to an extent that Nebraska's best players are better than Illinois, but Illinois their their full roster is going to be on average to me a little bit better than Nebraska's. I and and frankly, they're going to be better coached. And we we have seen firsthand what a little bit of an investigation will do to a program. Yeah, and make make no mistake. When there's investigators walking around the locker or however that that goes, you know, 
players are going to talk, hey, are you going to transfer? Like, what's going to happen if we – and when you start thinking about anything other than football, all Illinois is worried about is football. Yeah. And so um, – and I like Bert, man. I, a matter of fact, I liked him at Arkansas, and I know that we had some heartbreaking losses to him, but I, I would have not been opposed to him being the head coach at Ole Miss one day. Like, I really do like him as a coach. I think he's really good. Mm-hmm. I, I'm I'm much bigger on him than most, most people. Can I – I think they're going to – again, I'm talking around in circles. I think they are going to woodshed Nebraska. I, Plus, I mean, they're walking into the Hornets' nest that is Memorial Stadium. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you don't just go into Champaign and, you know, waltz through the, with a win to open your season. I'm going to go no. ahead and lock this in here. Plus seven, Illinois. Yeah, good luck. Uh, good luck. Yeah, yeah, yeah shout, out, shout out, Bert. Uh, shout out Juice Williams. Shout out Richard Mendenhall, the whole crew. Shout out my guy Danny Boy. Richard Mendenhall. I mean, yeah, I love this. We just been talking about it, and now I'm just, dude. Ben, if what you said comes true, if Illinois beats Nebraska thirty to seven on Fox, twelve o'clock, I'm drinking every single beer that's in my mini fridge down here, <laughs> and I'm gonna just break this basement in half. Because that would just be incredible. Um, yeah, I love it. Love the love the energy right now. Um, all right, so let's let's move on. Uh, speaking of loving the energy, uh, the opposite here: UConn at Fresno State. Could not hate this game more, but I no. watch every second of it. Please um, don't talk negatively about this one. Oh God! Um, CBS Sports Network, one p.m. Central Standard Time. Uh, dear God, just. <laughs> number is 27 and a half towards the Bulldogs here. Um, who boy. I mean, and, Jesus. And, and 27 and a half is probably a little low. This is a, this is a UConn team <laughs> that didn't play football last year. Yeah, they didn't play yeah. at all. <laughs> so not missed because of COVID. They didn't have a program, correct? They, they I mean, I mean, I, you, one could argue they still don't have a program. So, <laughs> I miss that's a bad UConn team. Twenty five hundred on the money line. Okay. I'm seeing this might be a typo on ESPN. This might be DraftKings. The money line for Fresno State is minus ten thousand. Wow. Yeah, too I mean, low. Too low. yeah, that's probably yeah. right. Well, I, I want to go ahead and lock this game in. Not on Fresno, not on the on the money line or anything like that, but on the over. Because Fresno State has a very good offense. They're 26 last year in the country, but an absolutely atrocious defense. Last year, they were 106 in the country. Connecticut, technically nothing last year in the country. But back when they played, their defense was really bad. And I think they're going to put up some points. They've had, I mean, two years to scheme for this game. Oh, my and, God. <laughs> <laughs> I think Fresno is going to play in the high 40s. I think it's going to be like 49 to – 21 49 17 i think this one's going to get over the number 63 it could be more than that i mean we could i could see fresno in the 50s here I so you're think taking you're the go, you're taking the over i'm taking yeah i'm sorry the over oh, okay, i'm okay. taking the over uh over 63 i think this game is going to have a ton of points most of them on the fresno side but i mean i have to think that fresno's defense being so bad you know uconn having you know right at 20 months to prepare for it that that they're going to be ready no, but is, but cl- so uh, a few points on the board. This one's uh, going to be rough because I'm going to be 
so many beers deep after watching Illinois beat Nebraska. This is going to be the one where I'm just going to have to power through and just keep drinking so I don't, like, hit that lull. And, yeah, I mean, just probably going to be browned out by the time Hawaii and UCLA kick off. But good pick. Yeah, I'll be rooting for you, Nick, but if you're counting on UConn to put up any points – that's what it, I'm thinking. It's going to be a struggle. <laughs> like, Gino Oriam and it's not walking through that door. So, I, I don't know. Like, how do they – like, you think they're going to get double digits on the road at Fresno State? I, was, I, I, I tried to say, find – is, is Brianna Stewart playing quarterback for UConn? <laughs> oh, yeah. like, we got Paige Buehler's out there. I tried to find Connecticut on the on the Bill, Bill C's S&P Plus numbers on ESPN, and they, they, they don't exist. If you search the page for Con, it just comes up with Bill Connolly. There is no Connecticut because they didn't play last year. Again, these guys had two years to prepare for it. They're going to put up. They're going to put up a few points. Just as a search, is a search result after Bill Connolly, Donald Trump for Con. <laughs> hey! Oh hey. goodness! There we go. All right, who's up? I'll go. Everything's right for the picking here, baby. Come yeah, on, we got. Yeah, two more locks. I'm this because I'm pulling for them all season, and I want to start it off on the right foot. Um, UCLA, UCLA, yes, that's seventeen and a half. Fire yeah. it the fuck! The, up. I like it. The money line is nine hundred. Um, <laughs> it's just insane to me. I, I would probably, t- if I had to take money line, I would just put the plus six hundred on Hawaii. But the total is also sixty eight and a half, which seems like a huge number. Big number. Um, but uh, give me the Bruins. Uh, we need Ole Miss needs to cheer for UCLA all year. Mm-hmm. Tim Kelly needs to be the best coach in college football or second best behind Lane Kiffin. And uh, UCLA needs to come out and thump Hawaii. I think they will. Um, I think uh, UCLA will. Um, I think they're going to win this one. You know, by twenty-four points, and I think it's going to be a, an easy cover. So you're just you're just looking right past Todd Graham. And their five and four campaign and bowl win, and just oh, yeah. hammering. Okay, I'm with you there too. Um, <laughs> I mean, over. Look, okay, okay, real quick. Really real good quick. on offense. They are going to be. Oh, I mean, I think Dorian Thompson Robinson hit his stride last year. It's another year in the system with Chip Kelly. I think that he's found a quarterback that works for him, and not just because I'm trying to speak it into existence. For UCLA is good, so. They don't flirt with Lane Kiffin. I do think UCLA is going to be good this year. Um, I do want to ask y'all, over under six armbands for Todd Graham on the sideline. <laughs> over. That's probably Easy. a push, honestly. <laughs> yeah, probably. This is a good pick. I Hawaii should be decent enough to score for you. But, yeah, I mean, I think DTR and the Bruins are going to stroll to a W here. So, I love this one. A nice tune-up in week one for UCLA as they look forward to LSU. That's right. Ooh, yeah, baby. Trap game. Yeah, mine should have picked Hawaii. Already looking past, looking to week two. <laughs> All right, my up. Yep. yep. All right, let's start the year off on a, a low note here. UTEP and New Mexico State. Um, I think the line is 10, Nick. Uh, this is, is. Not, not as much a bet on UTEP as it is a bet against New Mexico State. I'm going to oh, lay yeah. the 10 with UTEP. Um, <laughs> New Mexico State played Fuck games yeah. this spring. Uh, I don't know how many people know that. They actually lost <laughs> to 
Hold on, let me find the team. Oh, here we go. So they played Tarleton State. Oh and god. They lost forty three to seventeen this spring to Tarleton State. There we go. And Ooh. they beat Dixie State thirty six to twenty nine. So um Dixie they're actually, State, they're, they're no longer called Dixie State. Is that right? I think they changed it. Yeah, well they trailed fourteen to three to Dixie State in the second <laughs> half and ended up coming back and storming back and, and beating Dixie State. So um UTEP is not a good football team, but they are much better than New Mexico State, who um, at this point is probably just a rung or two above UConn. So give me uh, give me UTEP land 10. God damn, Austin. I love this. You're speaking my language. I, You know what? Just the, If anything, you got to just pick the people of El Paso here. I mean, I mean, whether you're going to L&J's, you're going to Los Bandidos. You're going to Rudy's. You're going to Crave. I mean, I mean, the Texas Roadhouse in El Paso is decent. I mean, the food scene there is incredible. Um, yeah, can't say enough good things about El Paso. Uh, the security when the game is not going on at the Sun Bowl is pretty lax. Um, I've, I've I've been in there, um, and yeah, if. If you're ever in El Paso, go to the Hoppy Monk, get you a good gastropub burger. They've got good beers. Um, yeah, I look, if you haven't picked up what I'm putting down here, I fucking love El Paso. It is awesome. But I love this pick here because, yeah, New Mexico State fucking sucks. Really bad. Also, probably big anti-vax roster, too. Inside info there. <laughs> who, who can say um yeah so <laughs> all right uh what we got now is that it i think there's uh, even more games do we wanna- like, nick you can pick it you seem to be the resident expert oh man i'm not sure anyone is an expert on this game so the last game san jose state yeah, I mean, San Jose State's actually going to be pretty good. What, Nick Starkle's still there? Still I think that's there. a team that, that probably win, that competes for the Mountain West. They're probably playing in the, in the title game. So, I yeah. mean, if you're if you're betting this game, I mean, I, I don't really want to be rude because it's the only game that night. So, I mean, I probably will be too. But, yeah, San Jose State, you know, they'll probably win this one very easily. Was this like a game that they threw in for the basketball series or something? Like, you know, we'll play all two – you know how Memphis will do Ole Miss? Like we'll play yeah. football or, you know, vice versa. Um, Southern Utah actually beat them in basketball this past year. Oh, well that, that would make – it's got to be tough scheduling in Southern Utah. I mean, there's not a whole lot of universities in Southern Utah. Can you uh, guess what the Southern Utah mascot is without looking it I was, up? Man, I was just about to ask that. Oh, no. It's um, it's a great it's a great FCS East logo from NCAA football. Yeah, are they the Red Hawks? <laughs> Ooh, that's, that's close. That's not a bad guess. They Do are you the know Thunderbirds. Austin? I have no idea. Okay. Thunderbirds. Thunderbirds, yeah, okay. that's a good one. I mean, guys, It looks like on. a Red Hawk. Come on. It's we FCS cannot... Southwest. <laughs> we... Guys, we can't sleep on the Spartans and Mountain West Coach of the Year. Brent Brennan. They went seven and one last year. They went undefeated in the conference. Is, is St- Nick Starkle their quarterback? Yeah, yeah he was good last year too. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah they're they going to. They're, they're going to. They if they don't the win the Arizona Mountain West, they'll be top two. The, the, our only loss of the year was in a bowl game. 
Yeah. So that was a good Ball State team too. Was, played a very good game. That was actually a really fun ball game. Yeah. So wait, is there is is there anything on the books for this one? It's minus twenty two for San Jose State, which I, to me feels like free money. Oh. SUU is not like a good FCS team. Lay them. Yeah. Absolutely. I, I, I don't know how many books are you going to be able to get that on, just because it's an FCS FBS game. Mm-hmm. But seeing as it's the only game that night, you, you may be able to find it. But I mean, I think San Jose State could come out and, and really kind of whip them. I could see like a fifty-five ten type game. This is on CBS Sports Network or Hell or Network of Stars. I mean, this is a Southern Utah team that only scored sixteen points against Weber State. They only scored twenty against Northern Arizona. Only score. 24 against Idaho State. Um, Look, once you get out west, if it's not Montana or Eastern Washington, it's probably not a great football team. Yeah, in the in the if FCS. If you don't see Grizz on the side of the helmet or red turf, you're fucked. Yeah, South Dakota State. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah. All right. I feel pretty good about all of these, even like win totals and these. Like I, legitimate shot. To just come out the, the worst gate. pick of the night to me picking Fire. over one with Kansas. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, yeah. I mean, I wasn't. But say you that. have to. I had to do it. Like I saw, I was like one. I mean, well, you, come had on. to, you had to do it to him. I know. I'm a sucker for a sucker bet. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think we could legitimately come out the gates undefeated right now. And I'm not even going to even remotely pretend to say that. I'm going to jinx it because I feel really good about these. All right. Um, well, cool. Back, so, gambling season's back in full swing. I love it. Just feeling so confident about everything. What could go wrong? Um, <laughs> Ain't nothing to this game. No. It's just money. <laughs> they make it, they, they print it every day, baby. That's right. Um, all right. So that's going to do it for the Legal Gambling Council Week Zero. Uh, we will obviously come back to you next week um, with a loaded show. We're going to record it earlier in the week. Uh, your boy is going out of town. Um, so we are going to be probably recording a little bit earlier, maybe Tuesday night uh, ahead of the UAB Jacksonville State game that's on Wednesday. Um, we got a full slate of games that weekend. Third, you got Wednesday night, you got UAB Jacksonville State, then you got Thursday full slate, Friday full slate, and then Saturday is just absolutely slammed with games for everybody's opener. And then Sunday, and then obviously Monday when the Rebels take on Louisville. So we'll be back. We'll have a ton of picks. Um, so again, thank you all to the listeners for tuning in. Gentlemen, thank you for joining me. It's been a long time coming. It's good to be back here being degenerates together. Uh, thanks to Austin. Thanks to Ben. Thanks to Nick. And again, thank you to you for listening and thank you to the sponsors for making this all possible. Um, But again, we will return um, next week with a show. So until next time, we out.